0: on Sports Talk. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Speaking of Hurricane Ian, oh my God. They've got reporters on the Weather Channel. I, I mean, these guys must live for this stuff because there's a guy that's wearing a baseball batting helmet while reco- while doing his, his, uh, his live shot. Okay, now I've seen ball caps. I've seen hoods. This is the first time I've ever seen A reporter wearing a batting helmet like he is going to go into the cage to take some hacks, yet um, it's probably there's probably stronger winds coming at him than a fastball inside uh, D-bat. Let's just put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right on that, Steve. The hurricane, uh, we're seeing all, all of it on social media right now from uh, you know the ramifications of just the, the downpour that you're seeing in the Florida area. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you've seen the video of the swimmers who yes. stupidly jumped in the ocean uh, while this is going on right now. I, I can't think of a more asinine thing to do but i'm not that surprised knowing that it's florida people out there
0: so there's swimmers i've seen a boat trying to escape fort myers that one was
1: scary yeah
0: which to me is just mind-boggling but my favorite was sharks swimming in the um like sidewalk area which is now completely overflown with water in fort myers there is actually sharks in just the, the common walkway area over there.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, I I, I haven't seen that one right there, Steve. Uh, I did see the boat one. That one was horrible. And then all we're getting is these maps, like these constant maps that are coming from, uh, you know, meteorologists out there, uh, people who are telling us where it's hitting, where it's going to miss. I'm wondering what's going to happen this Saturday, if anything at all, between the Miners and the Charlotte 49ers, knowing that they'll be on the East Coast, uh, you know. And uh, yeah, Steve, this is going to be an interesting development to see how Hurricane Ian just Uh, continues
0: to impact sports across the board this weekend oh it's unbelievable and by the way the miners. so by the time the hurricane gets to the carolinas it's supposed to be categorized as a tropical depression so it goes from a storm or hurricane to a depression they're saying by the time saturday hits carolina could get anywhere between i don't know two and four inches of water that's what we're hearing but the football stadium where the Miners play at has AstroTurf, so those fields are usually built to drain well. So it's going to be windy, it's going to be rainy, but it kind of plays into UTEP's uh, ground game that they showed against Boise. And um, if you're Charlotte, by the way, they all they have is a passing game. And, um, you know, they might be able to play and throw the ball around two quarters out of the four, but that'd be about it. So... I don't know what's going to happen. We'll wait and see. Um, there is no talk about moving the game at least yet, but there's a lot of wait and see as far as uh, what the um you know what the weather conditions will be like uh Friday and Saturday out there in uh, the Charlotte area. So we don't really know for sure yet. But like I said, I've been following this one pretty much nonstop since a couple of days ago. And the latest I see as far as weather wise for Charlotte on Saturday, they are predicting, make sure I get this right, 70% chance of rain.
1: All right, there you go. High 66. Well, hey, if it's a grounded pound game for the miners, that's how they prefer it, right? Because if they're able to replicate what they did against Boise State, uh, run run the ball effectively, then that plays to the miners' favor.
0: Doesn't, uh, you know, miners will arrive on Friday evening around 5.30, and the only question will be, you know, by then, what will, uh, you know, when will it start to really rain, Um, and we'll start to see when it rains uh, on Friday. Probably, I would think, you know, starting in the afternoon, going in the evening by the time the, the, you know, the clouds hit, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting, real interesting, and I will be with the team for the first time uh, ever. I've never taken a trip with the Utah football team and I'll be with them in Charlotte, and that'll be um, something I'm sure I'll talk about for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, that's exciting, Steve. Going into the to the eye this weekend, but uh, hopefully the eye. Hurricane is closed. Eye. <laughs> I hope the eye.
0: I hope the eye is long closed. That's right. yes. By the time we get for in. for
1: everybody's sake. I mean, let, let's watch yes. some football this weekend. Let's have let's have some fun watching that. And I'm happy that you're getting a chance to go with the team this weekend. That'll be a lot of fun. We uh, are we going to get a, a guest appearance? Hopefully on Minor Talk, if the uh, timing permits from you.
0: Sure, and I'll even uh, I'll even call into the show Friday. Great. We, we we land around three forty-five El Paso time, so that would mean if everything goes, you know, as planned, and hopefully it will. And uh, well, don't worry, I'll be texting you updates nice. and uh, kind of letting you know what's going to be happening.
1: You could be like the weather guy out there for us, Steve. Like you could be providing us, uh, you know, minute-to-minute weather updates.
0: You never know. Yeah, that that, that could be it. So as long as I'm not on the sidelines with Mondo for the game broadcast and I'm indoors, I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, you know? in the box up so, there. I'm with yeah, you.
0: Yeah, that's the, that would be the one thing I would say. Keep me, uh, keep me dry. Keep me dry. All right. So uh, we have a lot to cover on the show today. Uh, a full two and a half as uh, we get to our final uh, baseball game of the regular season from Albuquerque. Tim Haggerty will have the call at 630. Final story time of 2022. It's kind of sad. I'm always sad when something has to come to an end. I was sad when Adrian's movie reviews came to an end. Now I'm going to be more depressed. That Hags' story time wraps up once and for all for the uh, for the year in about two and a half hours.
1: Yeah, um, you know I love uh, story time with Hags. Uh, I love. I think everybody loved it so much that he wrote a book about it. That's what I keep joking with people about. But uh, no, that's not the case. Tim is uh, Tim has delivered such great content to our radio station week after week with story time, uh, and I can't wait for next season already. Like I, I know that today's uh, story time is going to be fire. It's going to be a great one. Oh. Uh, and and I can't wait till next week.
0: That's the guy on the Weather Channel. That dude is reporting right now with a batting helmet on while he's doing his live feed.
1: Oh man, this guy is dedicated to the game. I, I think he might have to change it up, Steve. Like today he's going with the the batting helmet. Tomorrow he might have to go with the hockey goalie mask or something like that. But I love this. Well, I
0: want to have a football helmet on and That's do it true. through a, and do it through a football helmet. That'd be even more protection. But good yeah, good you point. look at this guy. I mean, he is. First off, um, you know, that microphone somehow has survived everything, and he's out there doing this killer live shot wearing a baseball batting helmet, and it's just, it's cool looking. And by the way, dude, I mean, we've known about this store for some time. Can't you at least put the Weather Channel logo on the batting helmet? Like yeah. Couldn't they have bought a decal and just stuck it right on there so it looks like he's playing for the Weather Channel team?
1: Yeah, they did not plan this correctly because uh if they if he if, if I know these guys, they probably just pulled into an academy right before oh, the yeah. shot. Uh, he pulled he got that batting helmet and that was about it. And you just saw the the
0: camera guy uh you know brush off the the lens itself. I mean, look at that stuff. I mean, first off, let me ask you this. I know some people live for this. But don't you have? Don't you think you have to be a little bit insane to do live shots during hurricanes?
1: Yes, yes, this is exactly correct. If you're doing a live shot like that, like he's got his own stance, he's ready to go. He's he looks fired up. He looks energized. He looks uncomfortable for sure. But uh, he it looks like he lives for this kind of stuff.
0: And aren't you waiting for like sharks to start flying in the air, like Sharknado, and and oh, literally no. turn that into a series <laughs> where you start to see the winds start to just come up, and then next thing you know, sharks are just being lifted up from the water into the air like that
1: yeah i'm thinking there's uh, some kind of uh interesting sci-fi material every time the uh camera guy is, is rubbing the screen I, i'm wondering what's going to get in front of the camera lens but no, too. no it's just a le- it's just like a cloth or something
0: 505-6009 that's our telephone number let's begin the show today with orly he's first up uh, on this uh, wednesday edition of the program orly thanks for the call how are you well i've
2: got a sister that
0: lives outside of tampa oh wow
2: She's telling me they're expecting up to 18 to 24 inches of rain. Um, right now, last time I talked to her, the winds had picked up, but they're expecting winds of 130 miles an hour. She's more inland than she is closer to the Bay Area. Yep. But she says the biggest problem is the is the, is the wind. The wind is so they snap trees like twigs. Oh, I believe it. Um, I believe it. And she, she lives on a golf course. So when the lakes fill up, the alligators come out. And they've got alligators everywhere. You're going to have to worry about the water moccasins, the, the snakes.
0: Oh, my God. They
2: all, all come out with this wind. So well. the rain just it comes sideways.
0: Listen, hey, listen to this. Listen to this guy from Weather Channel. That's what he sounds like, right? This guy's wearing a batting helmet. Listen to this.
2: So were they? Now they've come around from the north northwest, and it's coming right in the garage. And that's why you know you're seeing Brad wipe the lens. You're hearing car alarms go off uh, every once in a while because it's moving the cars like somebody's standing outside the car and shaking it, which usually causes the alarm to go off.
0: This guy's doing a live shot from a car car garage, like a parking garage, and he's still getting blasted by the wind and by the rain, even though he's inside the garage.
2: The biggest problem is the is the water surge. It's go up to oh, yeah. fifteen feet they're predicting. Here's where you get the damage and the flooding. Uh she's in the they had like a cone A B C. She's on the outer side with the C, so she's pretty well safe, but yeah, she just says the rain just I mean it just pounded it's been like, and the rain just stays because there's nowhere to go. Yep. Um yep. she says that it's uh, the wind is the tough part. She says you cause it housing what they've got to do to prepare for the hurricane, she's been there 20 years, so this is actually the first major hurricane. She was lucky. It went south. It went to Fort Myers. Yeah, big, big so, like, lucky. But it, yeah.
0: But I think Fort Myers is where the Twins have their spring training complex. So you wonder, you know, baseball's Grapefruit League is all over this hurricane area. I mean, there are, there's, there's places everywhere along this path. So you wonder how many facilities are just going to be completely leveled by, uh, you know, by the hurricane when it's all said and done.
2: A lot of these newer construction where she's at yeah. is their hurricane protection. They do an they do an analysis of what needs to be boarded up. The only thing she had to be boarded up was her main front door. It's eight foot glass. Wow! So she had to get that plywood. But otherwise, that they're hunkering down. They've got they got to fill their tubs with water. Yep. Uh, because there's no electricity, there's no toilet, so you can use the flush. Uh, it, it's, it's every, every year it's the same thing. They worry about hurricane, but yeah, huh. they're prepared. She's hungry down. You know, I pray she makes it out. Okay. She'll be okay. because She's on the outer band. Mm-hmm. The worst part of the rain is the outer band. Yep. There's where you get the heavy rain.
0: No doubt. Because
2: it circulates counterclockwise. It's, it's looking up all that air, all that money from the bay. Now they had a story this morning, the bay, the water receded.
0: I saw that. You yeah, never see that. People yeah.
2: are on the bay picking up things, and you never see that.
0: That's true. That's that, that, that was crazy. That, I've, never, I've never seen the water recede that low before in my life. That was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it yeah. recedes, and people are out there picking up stuff. Off, you'll never see that again.
0: No, you never will. That's it's 100% like, right. like it's,
2: like a, it's like a tsunami. Yep. It sucks it in, and then it brings it back. That's when the surge is going to hit.
0: Hey, I appreciate the uh, weather analysis, Orly. Thanks for the call. And, uh, hey, good stuff as always. Good to hear from you. Yeah, Bye. Quarter past as we get started here on the program. All right, so uh, more coming up. Uh, We'll keep an eye on uh, the weather and see how that's going to be hitting uh, Florida. In the meantime, we've got Jay Jaffe standing by next for our weekly baseball and beer chat. That's all coming up after Charlie Wad and our first traffic update of the show. Uh, From uh, New York City, which I'll be honest, Jay, I I know a lot of New Yorkers love to vacation in Florida. This is one time they're probably pretty happy they're in the city.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
4: it's the annual tropical storm season and yeah, glad uh, uh glad we don't have to go through that mess up here, but uh, we've we've had our we've had our own uh uh storms come through here but uh, nothing like what's going on right now. Um, Man. Not in my recent memory.
0: Ian looks pretty pretty rough, too. I mean, this one in particular, and it's a slow one, which means it's going to do more damage than some of the others. So we'll have to keep an eye and see what happens with Florida. But one of the things I told Adrian is there's a chance that, uh, you know, Fort Myers and a lot of these spring training complexes in the Grapefruit League suffer a lot of damage as a result of everything.
4: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we saw the pictures of Fort Myers before. Everything's underwater, so... Uh, I would imagine that, uh, yeah, there's going to be some repercussions that touch baseball.
0: You're a little surprised that here we are a week after our last conversation and uh, Aaron Judge is still stuck at 60?
4: Not really. I mean, you look at how, how rarely he's gotten a pitch in the zone, and, and uh, um, you know, he's taken his walks, and the, the, the opponents just haven't pitched to him. He hasn't really expanded his zone. Um you know i think everybody would be happier if he if he hit the home run or most everybody would be happier if he hit the home run um but you know i don't think the yankees can complain i mean they uh uh they've won 8 out of 10 they wrapped up the the um uh, the the uh al east um You know the judge not getting the home run until uh, so far is is a minor inconvenience uh, at at the most.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Judge will probably tell you that he would trade the home runs and the personal accolades for uh, a chance to win it all. And if the Yankees are playing their best baseball, uh, you know, since uh, earlier in the year, right now, that's a pretty good sign.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, the team is is rounding into shape. Um, There's still some concerns, I think. uh, particularly with uh, you know with with uh, the back of the rotation and uh, um, some unsettled uh, business in the bullpen, such as whether whether Earl is going to be on the playoff roster. Um, lineups getting healthier, but uh, there's still uh, some some holes in it.
0: Yeah, we haven't really dug too deep in the Chapman story, but I know the Yankees are. Thinking about designated him for a reassignment here before the playoffs start, and he has been shaky all season long. Would you be surprised if the Yanks go through with that move?
4: I would. Um, you know, I think uh, he's he's still whatever whatever his problems. He still does offer some upside that I think is uh, you're not going to get out of uh, another pitcher. I mean, there's just not many guys in the organization who can throw a hundred. Uh, hmm. You know and. Uh, if you can get him right, even you know it, it's it, it's worth taking it. Now, as to his popularity in the clubhouse, I, that may be another matter, and it may be a matter of getting him out of there if he's a distraction. But um, you know, physically, uh, he's had some problems with his with his legs, uh, you know, and they've affected the they've affected his delivery. But you know, if they could get him right, he could he could be somebody who helps them, even if it's only in the middle innings rather than at the end of games. But uh, um, you know, it remains to be seen whether they can whether they can even get that far.
0: Interesting. Um, and, and by the way, tell me a little bit about what, you know what you're hearing inside the Yankee clubhouse with Chapman.
4: Nothing. Nothing really. You know, that, nothing really to hang your hat on. I know the Yankees were 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 pretty peeved that you know when he went on the injured list earlier in the year for an infected tattoo that's just not very responsible but um... i don't think that's really ha- that's that's the cause of his problems here i mean he's walking over six guys per nine Um his mechanics are out of whack and uh... um you know he's lost the closer job and uh... i don't think he's the happiest guy in the world but uh... Um, you know, I think that's uh, more than anything else is, is is the issue.
0: Yep, I'm with you on that one. Uh, let's talk about a better story. You wrote about Kyle Wright of the Braves and what he's been able to do uh, with Atlanta this year. And pretty wild considering uh, his career arc and what it was like earlier prior to 2022. And I guess it just goes to show you that, hey, if you're once uh, a highly regarded prospect, even if you uh, you fail for a few years, you can always turn things around the way he has.
4: Yeah, I mean, pitching development is nonlinear. Um, the Braves tried to do some things with Kyle Wright, uh, who was the fifth pick of the uh, uh, 2000, 2017 draft out of Vanderbilt. Um, they kind of changed changed uh, what he was throwing, and they and they you know they changed his delivery. And uh, I think for him, he's had to get back to to what was working for him in college, what made him a top five pick. He had to kind of uh, re re-devote himself to to, uh, to, those, to those pitches and to um, overhauling his mechanics, and it's worked out really well for him. Um, you know, he's not in the Cy Young conversation, but he did win 20 games, uh, ERA in the low threes, um, uh, has really just turned it around, developed a very good change-up to go along with an excellent curveball. Um, he's actually one of the few pitchers, uh, in all of baseball who's got three pitches that stat cast values at uh, uh, negative six runs or lower, which is to say uh, they've prevented at least six runs by those pitches in, in terms of their outcomes. And the, everybody else uh, who's in that class, uh, guys like Shane Bieber, Clayton Kershaw, and Aaron Nola are guys that... Uh, uh you know, come up in Cy Young conversations uh in the past or or, or, or present and uh so that's a really impressive company for him.
0: You add uh, to the mix Max Fried and the kind of year he's had this season and then uh, Spencer Strider who you wrote about prior to going on the IL uh last week. If Strider can stay healthy and get healthy in time for the playoffs, uh that is a terrific one two three punch.
4: Yeah, I mean there's a lot riding on Strider getting back to uh uh being effective i mean he you know he was just brilliant he's you know to my mind he's probably the nl rookie of the year although i think uh there's going to be a kind of a split in the vote because michael harris the second uh his teammate has been has been great and playing every day uh but strider's numbers are just mind boggling um, he's essentially as, as somebody described him he's like a closer who comes in and throws five innings and and uh, uh just dominates with uh high nineties fastball and, 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 uh, uh, great stuff all around and he's just a two-pitch pitcher but he's tough
3: to hit
0: no you're right i mean Strider's got a, a wins above replacement of 3.9 Wright is 3.7 and max freed is 5.9 and you add the offensive players on that list like austin riley uh, dansby swanson the aforementioned michael harris who's uh really probably the most impressive of the group considering he made the jump from double a to the big leagues and is doing this in his rookie season
4: yeah, they've had a lot of success uh, between him and uh, Vaughn Grissom. Uh, they've had a lot of success with those guys jumping from Double A to the majors. Grissom filling in for Ozzy Albie's, uh, who's missed, now missing time with his second injury uh, uh, of, of the season here, and uh, probably won't be able to to, to uh, uh, play for the team in the postseason. So. Um, Really big deal that uh, the the Braves' farm system has been so productive.
0: It really has. And I think a lot of uh, fans are interested to see what happens between Braves-Mets as we wind things down right now. And uh, when, when you look at those two teams in the NL East and then you, you know, add into the mix uh, what we're going to see the rest of the uh, National League right now with, of course, the Dodgers dominating the great wild card race. And also, you know, we always seem to sometimes neglect uh, the, the NL Central and the Cardinals have been excellent this year with 90 wins. Uh, I think the playoffs in the National League is going to be a ton of fun
4: yeah i mean i think you know i think this it'll be interesting to see how this how this new format plays out um with the for, with the first round buys for the top two teams and the best of three series for everybody else I'm not a big fan of the of, of the change i liked the uh uh the drama of the winner take all wild card game and the the premium it put put on winning the division yeah. um i understand why these changes are made um really we've oh, unfortunately the the way it's shaken out we've only got one real race uh for a division title this year but the stakes are very high in that Braves Mets uh race it'll be interesting to see uh whether the weather uh has an impact on that given that uh, the this, we've got a pivotal series that's about to be played in Atlanta this weekend um you know there's uh the, they're going to have to figure out how to how to get all that in um but uh Um, I wish there was, I wish there was more drama than there is, but we've, you know, we've got the, um, uh, the Brewers trailing the Phillies by by a game and a half, so that's so that's pretty close, and that could be at least be interesting.
0: No, you're right, and, and the truth is, when you look at the fact that you know the Mets have Degrom, Scherzer, and Bassett uh, going opposite what the Braves throw, I mean that is about again as good a top three as you're going to find. Those two teams seem to just have it's a fascinating you know it's a fascinating uh, matchup because they're even in a lot of ways.
4: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a great race, and and both of these teams are going to wind up with a hundred plus wins. Um, it's not quite last year's Dodgers Giants race, uh, but it's uh, you know it's it's pretty close. Anytime you got a division where you got two hundred game winners and they're this close together and uh, heading down into the final weekend of the season,
0: uh, it's a lot of fun. More with Jay as we keep things moving, but first right back to Adrian in this bottom of the hour Sports center update. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Keep things moving right now with uh, Jay Jaffe, who, again, uh, joins us uh, from Fangraphs.com. If you want to check out all the latest that they've got, uh, just go to Fangraphs, and uh, you'll see everything that uh, they are talking about as we get ready for the baseball postseason and uh, everything else that's uh, going to be happening. Hey, by the way, uh, have you ever seen a guy throw three balks in the same at-bat?
4: I don't think anybody had before last night.
0: It is a crazy situation, and as you might imagine, uh, players getting tossed. Richard Blyer, by the way, he is the first pitcher since 1900 with uh, three box in the same at-bat, and it made uh, Don Mattingly uh, also get tossed, and we found out that Mattingly is going to be leaving the Marlins at the end of this season. Any surprise there, Jay?
4: you know when I when I step back and think about it probably not I mean Derek Jeter exited the the, the organization Um they've had some other high-profile defections uh, all the all the other Yankees with the exception of Kim Ang the general manager um have have departed I I can imagine that that uh, um, you know they're just not getting the support from ownership that they expected in terms of spending and in terms of the way things are run and uh... Um, you know mattingly uh, I, you know, I think he's he's probably ready for for whatever's next. He's a highly respected manager. hasn't had a ton of success because he hasn't all, hasn't always had the resources to work with in in uh, uh, Miami. I think of the list of of players they've traded away, like Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna, and probably pretty soon uh, uh, Pablo Lopez and Sandy Alcantara. Um, but uh, um, so I imagine he's he's ready to move on, and I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't expect him to be out of work for long. Um I wondered aloud whether he could be the next Yankees manager if if the Yankees don't don't get very uh far in the postseason although um I'd be kind of surprised at that because I don't think he's necessarily a very good fit for the uh analytical bent of this organization.
0: Yeah, but that's been talked about and you know he's a Yankee favorite and sometimes uh the Steinbrenner's like to go with names that are popular around the fan base and Don Mattingly gave a lot as a player to the organization, and you know he probably would be pretty warmly welcomed back as manager.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, there there will definitely be uh, uh, calls for calls for it to happen. But you know, Brian Cashman has the final say of all the baseball matters in the organization, and he chose Joe Girardi over Don Mattingly several years ago. And, True, um, and Mattingly left the organization uh, rather than stick around as bench coach. So I imagine that uh, um, unless something has changed. Um, you know and Matt is more receptive to uh the way that that uh, Cashman wants to run the team um you know it's probably not a fit and you know I don't Boone's contract isn't even up right now but yeah. uh, so there's all but there's always going to be pressure you know when you don't win in New York um they they start calling for your head. Uh, it's been a good. long time since the Yankees have
0: won anything. Good point. Very very good point. Um, all right, Jay. Also, before we get to your beer pick of the week, just want to talk about uh, some of the other uh, big storylines that you know we're following right now. Um, when you saw Pools hit seven hundred, uh, and do it uh, in Dodger Stadium, it just seemed like, uh, you know, for fans. It's uh, it was a big moment that and judge and yet if you would have asked me um, three months ago if Albert Pujols had any chance at seven hundred you would have said absolutely not Uh, it almost seems like he really has saved the best for last for his career
4: yeah I mean you know part of it is just the Cardinals um, uh, limit mostly limiting him to use against left-handers he's played more against righties lately um, just because he's been so hot and because they've had a need to rest guys but. Um, really, you know, the, it was the taking the step back with the Dodgers to becoming a platoon player that really, I think, kind of reopened uh, his career. And, um, you know, the day-to-day grind is a lot. And when you don't have the day-to-day grind, and you can focus on keeping your swing right and, 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 and resting a bit, uh, it helps. And uh, he has just been uh, uh, magnificent. It's been something to see and makes you wonder what it would have been like if he'd never left. Uh, but uh, it was kind of cool that he got it in Los Angeles. I know that he has a lot of affection for uh, the Dodger fans because of uh, the way that uh, he was received there last year um, after the Angels released him and, and he became a part-timer there. He, he said it, it, it re, in, re, uh, he rediscovered his love for the game. Uh, in that in Los Angeles, and so um, that was a big deal for him.
0: Absolutely right. Hey, you also wrote about Luis Castillo uh, getting a new contract with the Mariners earlier in the week. And when you look at the, you know Seattle, assuming they can hold off Baltimore and get that third wild card spot, They've got a fun rotation, too, especially with guys like Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, uh, you know, the veteran Marco Gonzalez, Castillo, and then also uh, what we've seen this year at part from George Kirby and Chris Flex in, uh, in that five spot. Uh, they've been a team to keep an eye on, and I'm looking forward to seeing if Seattle can have a little bit of a run here in the postseason.
4: Yeah, I, I really like the Castillo move. I mean, it's it's uh, pretty, pretty much in line with what Robbie Ray and Kevin Gosman got uh, this past winter as free agents' a little bit of a discount because uh, Castillo has one more year of arbitration eligibility before he could have reached free agency. but I've always liked his combination of uh, um, uh, being able to strike out batters and being able to get a, a ton of ground balls um, it's you know you you avoid a lot of damage that way he's got one of the best change ups in baseball and a lot of fun to watch and so i thought I, I thought it was a bold move to go out and get him in in uh, uh in August for the Mariners or late july um i liked I liked them locking him up and, and I think this is gonna be a, uh, a a good fit for them.
0: wrap it up beer pick of the week. what are we talking about today Jay?
4: all right, I had a first this week, not a first in terms of the beer uh itself, but the first seeing it somewhere where I could easily get a hold of it and that's the other half uh uh double dry hops green city, which is one of my favorite beers already one of the mainstays of of uh uh, other half turned up at the Trader Joe's last week and uh um I you generally have to walk about 2 miles to the brewery to, in order to get my other half uh um and and uh so to for it to be uh right around the corner for me was uh, was quite a treat and uh uh this is a great beer it's a uh, uh hazy east coast IPA with Simcoe Citra and Centennial um, very juicy I mean you 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 open it up you compare it to uh, whatever other hazy IPA you just added, it just seems like it's more. It's fresher. It's more intense. Um, you know, your canning date is 10 days ago. It's like you're getting oh, wow. it as fresh as you're going to get it practically.
0: Man, I like the fact that uh, Trader Joe's is bringing in beer that fresh out there in New York. That's pretty yeah, That's pretty solid. It's,
4: it's pretty great, I have to admit.
0: Awesome. Good job as always. Hey, Jay, we'll talk to you back next week. Thanks for the time, and uh, look forward to our next conversation. All right, thanks. Jay Jaffe, Fangrafts.com as we continue here on Sports Talk. 39 past, plenty more. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. The boys uh, shot a a terrific video for this song, Ghost uh, Monkey. I'm sorry, Ghost Money. And um, I'll say this. I'm looking forward to watching them share that. X-1, our friends, David and Christian, Ghost Money. I'm excited when they when they put that out there, on their, hopefully on their YouTube channel. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I, I shared it with you, Adrian, and you yeah. saw it and thought it was very cool, too.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this one. I don't want to give too much away for everybody out there, but uh, this Ghost Money video has so much great visuals, great graphics. Uh, I'm so excited for people to see this one from X-1. Yeah,
0: I am, too. So, anyway, uh, check it out, folks, if you can... If you haven't had a chance to listen to the full song uh, Ghost Money You Need To on their um on all their social platforms. And then when the video comes out, that's that's an absolute must. Forty seven past as we continue here on Sports Talk five oh five six zero zero nine. Bernie Olivas will be dropping in soon. We'll have our final story time with Hags. Looking forward to talking to Tim tonight. And then we'll talk to him again on Friday before uh, we get ready for uh, the PCL winner-take-all championship game. That's going to be a lot of fun, Adrian, because guess what? The uh, Chihuahuas are in it. They are going to be playing it from Vegas on Friday, and if they win, they play the International League champ Sunday night for the whole shebang.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And for the El Paso Chihuahuas, they deserve this. They they played so well in the last part of the season. Uh, what a late season surge for this team. Uh, and you could just, all, all you have to do is just tip your hat off, commend this group for doing what they did. Uh, and it adds to the long list of accomplishments that this organization has experienced since uh, being here in El Paso in AAA. Uh, it seems like they're hanging banners left and right. And the fact that they're competing for another one, I, I mean, that's awesome.
0: Absolutely awesome. Absolutely. So that's also um, something that uh, we'll have a chance to talk about with Hags when he joins us uh, coming up here uh, a little bit an hour and a half from now, something along those lines, about 6.15 when we get into our final final story time of the season and uh, looking forward to Bernie dropping in and saying hello as well. So uh, as you might imagine, yeah, the story is the hurricane, the damage, relocations, everything else uh, that's going on. But I will say this, too. There's a lot of other storylines that are making headlines right now, whether it's World Cup rumors, the U.S. men's national team roster, who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. That's being talked about. Relocating NFL games if they have to, Major League Baseball, uh, trying to work and navigate around the weather. A lot of this happening. Oh, and by the way, we've got a football game in London that's going to be taking place early Sunday morning.
1: That's right, and it's because of that uh, London game between the Vikings and the Saints that there could be a stadium available if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to reroute uh, from their game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Instead of playing that game in Tampa Bay, if need be, they can reroute, go to Minneapolis, and play that game out there. U.S. Bank Stadium is available since the Vikings and Saints are heading out to London.
0: Is the best news in all of sports today the fact that word has it that Zion Williamson dominated practice today in the first scrimmage uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans since Zion has not been healthy the last few seasons?
1: Well, if you're a Pelicans fan, this is the news you definitely want to hear because hearing uh, things left and right about, well, he, he's targeting a November return or he's hoping to be back by the winter or maybe he's back by next year. Those are all the red flags right there that you heard last year, last offseason when media day was rolling around. Plus the fact that whenever he was on camera, you felt like Zion Gate still hadn't lost any weight like he had still had a lot of weight on him but now that weight looks like he turned it into muscle mass he looks slimmer he looks faster and uh, I'm not out on Zion I've never been out on Zion I still think that he could be a great player in the NBA What is he 20 Yeah he's super young
0: I don't know if he's just 20 Steve but well, he's, he's 20 very... he's 22 but I mean still. think about it there's a lot of 22 year olds still in college yeah, and there's a lot of
1: 24-year-olds who, you know, 24 to 26 in the NBA. That seems like that prime kind of number, so he's not even there right now. He's he's uh, far from that, and if Zion's just able to stay on the floor, able to produce, this New Orleans team, the way that it's built with C.J. McCollum, with the likes of Brandon Ingram and all the complimentary pieces they have, why can't they be a, a dark horse contender out of the Western Conference?
0: That's true. That is true. By the way, uh, this is Zion's fourth season in the NBA. Let that let that sink in.
1: Wow, time flies, man. just feels like yesterday, he, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish were
0: ruling Duke. That's right. And by the way, I mean, Zion hasn't exactly played a lot. He's only played for his career 85 basketball games. That's it. In four seasons. 80, then three seasons, I should say. 85 games. He's missed like the last year and a half due to injury. So he's got a lot of ground to make up this year. A lot.
1: Yeah, I, I look back, not last year. Remember, he didn't play at all last year, which was so uh, weird and and kind of alarming when you look at Zion. But the year before that, uh, in stretches, Zion really dominated. and He was—he showed that he could score very efficiently uh, down low at the basket. He plays kind of a hybrid 3-4 role. I mean, think of like a Charles Barkley meets uh, meet somebody down low like a Hakeem Olajuwon without any of the size there. Uh, but I like what he could do there. The one area that I want Zion to improve on this year is his defense. We know that he can handle the ball. We know he can score offensively and be a very efficient player on offense, but how is he
0: going to contribute defensively
1: and stay in front of some of these really good players in the Western Conference? No,
0: you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, My second favorite NBA story was uh, when Steve Nash was asked about Ben Simmons and said he doesn't care if he ever takes a shot. I like that. I mean, that's, that's one way to, down, uh, to try to uh, downplay the shooting ability. He says he could care less because he's so versatile and offers such a unique skill set. Good job by Steve Nash trying to build up his point guard.
1: Yeah, poor Steve Nash, man. He's had the tough job of trying to managing all this uh, media media dilemmas that are going on. I mean, yesterday he had to talk about a little riff that he had with KD that it has uh, since been amended um, and now he's talking about Ben Simmons who still hasn't played a single game for the Brooklyn Nets in wake of that trade with James Harden. I have no clue. what It felt like all offseason long we were just waiting for both uh, one of KD or both of KD and Kyrie to be traded instead of that. We're here in September. We're getting ready for training camp. Uh, Season starts next month, and this team is still intact.
0: But isn't it fun that two guys that, you know, you expect a lot from Ben Simmons, and you expect a lot from Zion Williamson, and they've been out and injured for so long the last year plus, that if they're actually healthy, and they can stay healthy, that does make the NBA more interesting to watch, because these are two of the younger players that still have a ceiling, and you can't say Ben Simmons doesn't. He does just like you can't say Zion doesn't. He obviously does. The problem is you just haven't seen him healthy enough to realize what they can truly do over the course of a full season.
1: Yeah, the reason why both these players are so interesting is they're both uh, former number one overall picks. So you have two guys who had a ton of hype coming out of college. I mean, LSU and, and Ben Simmons. He didn't even he didn't even spend time in school. He was so right. excited for the NBA and for Zion Williamson. He was a prospect since he was in middle school for the NBA.
0: About to wrap up hour number one and come back with uh, Bernie Olivas and the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game. We're going to play the Chick-fil-A Select-A-Game contest with our guest celebrity. We'll tell you who it is coming up here. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Along with uh, Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Time for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch, as we have so much to do today over the next uh, 30-plus minutes. Bernie Olivas back with us right now from the Tony the Tiger uh, Sun Bowl game and Sun Bowl Association Executive Director. Welcome back. How are you, Bernie? Oh, it's pretty good. Hey, college football, is getting exciting. Boy, a lot of crazy games last week. A lot of close ones, a lot of... Could've, should've, would've, and uh, wait a minute—you're glowing today. You well, are, gl- you are, you are glowing. You, there's something about you. You, you just—you seem to have a different type of confidence today than you've had in the past. But I'm not there yet, so it's not full because I just can't get that ten for ten. Oh.
5: Two weeks in a row, it's nine out of ten, but I can't get that ten. And yep, apparently, but- a lot of people know a lot more than we do because. There's a lot of people getting 10 out of 10.
0: Well, you boosted yourself to the top of our rankings between the three of us. Uh, you're in first place. I'm uh, two behind you and Adrian's uh, three behind you in our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sumble select Them Contest with lunch on the line. There you go. Like I said, when it comes to food, I'm, I'm going to really, really study all these games. I like that. And by the way, our celebrity uh, picker last week, uh, the mayor, Oscar Leeser. Mayor Leaser uh, was also 7 out of 10. Yeah, he hit
5: 7 out of 10. Uh, not bad for somebody who, who's got a lot of other things on his mind, but he uh, he did you know he did all right.
0: Tied with Lane Frank for the most wins of the celebrity pickers, That's right? That's Exactly right. Because I think Tony the Tiger has three, and uh, or or does Tony the Tiger have four? And Jim Center has three. No, they both had three. I think. Oh my goodness! Okay, they both had three. All right, so Tony and and Jim are uh, there's a there's a big gap. We have three for those two, and then seven each uh, for. Uh Mayor Leeser and uh Lane Frank uh, now we've got uh, a lot to talk about today. In fact, we've got the tickets to give away. We'll do that later. But we're going we're gonna to change it up today. We're going to start with the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest for Week 5 because our celebrity is on the phones right now, Bernie, and he's got a pretty tight schedule himself today. So we're going to accommodate him to start the segment.
5: Absolutely. I think he's got a big event going on at about 530. So we'll start out with him and see how, how he, he, he picks these games. Uh, got a long way to go. Both of you and I, and, and we, we, we're doing pretty well these last couple of weeks, but we just can't get to the top. That's we true. We can't get to the top.
0: You want to introduce our celebrity right now who joins us on the phones? Sure.
5: Our celebrity guest this week is none other than the athletic director for the New Mexico State University Aggies down the, up the street, should I say, up the street, Mario Mocha. Thank you for being here, Mario. and congrats, Thanks for
3: having me on, guys. Congratulations
5: mm-hmm. on a great win for you guys this last weekend as well.
3: Yeah, thank you. We've got Hawaii. We've got Florida International coming in, uh, Conference USA, future opponents. So uh, I think there's some excitement, especially with four games in a row at home. After that, we've got UNM and then San Jose State. So, yeah, we're, we're playing with a little house money this week.
0: I'd just be excited because it's Florida International coming here. We can see two in a row from you guys.
3: Well, uh, we got to play the games. But, ah, there you
0: um, go. Nice cliché. Nice cliché speak, uh, uh yeah, That's
3: know, great. Uh, hey, uh, we have uh, rarely been the favorite in games recently, so we take nothing lightly. There you go. And, um, you know, two programs kind of in a similar spot. But, boy, I, I liked a lot of what I saw yesterday with the running game or last Saturday. And uh, our young freshman, true freshman quarterback played well, so uh, – Yeah, let's see. It should be exciting.
5: And on the other side, I think that, you know, I've I've been hearing a lot about uh, UTEP's record
0: in the Eastern time zone. I have a feeling that that is going to end this week. It's going to be rainy, Bernie. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be windy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be UTEP uh, running conditions. There
5: you go. And that's, that's what they did last week to yep. beat on a very, on a, on a very good uh, Boise State. So we'll,
0: both our schools in the area did very well, and I think they'll continue to do well. I hope they break that streak. I really do. 0-26-1 on the Eastern Time Zone, looking for the first ever win in the program <laughs> history. So that'll be fun. All right, here we go, guys. Let's get it started. We've got a lot to cover. Mario, since you are the uh, celebrity picker of honor this week, you will get us going with our first game. Uh, You don't need the spreads, just the straight-up winners, but I will give you the spread just so you know. Number 15, Washington visits UCLA Friday night. It's at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, and it's on ESPN at 8.30. Washington undefeated 4-0, UCLA undefeated 4-0. Yet Washington, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Give me your thoughts.
3: Well, you know, I had Adam Young look at this list, and then I had my deputy AD look at this list. So, And I disagree with both of them. However, you know, Kalen DeBoer is the head coach at University of Washington, and he was my offensive coordinator at Southern Illinois University. So I'm going to go with the Washington Huskies on this one.
0: All right. Washington uh, for Mario. What about you, Bernie?
5: I'm going with the Huskies as well, but not for all those reasons he just said. I just think they're a pretty good football team, and I think uh – They'll take on the Bruins.
0: I'm with you. I'm also going Washington to win this one on the road. I think it'll be a good game, but I, I like Washington too much. Adrian,
1: yeah, I'm going Washington as well. No question about it. No, where there'll be more Washington fans in UCLA than there will be uh, Bruins fans.
0: Could be. All right, we're all in agreement. Nobody picking UCLA besides Adam Young, right, uh, Mario? That's correct.
3: That is correct. That is exactly. I didn't even say that, but yes, Adam Young picked UCLA. He's wow. crazy.
0: Let's go to game number two in the ACC, Louisville and Boston College. It's a 10 a.m. game on the ACC network. Uh, this one's uh, going to be played uh, in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, BC one and three winless in the ACC. Louisville two and two, winless in the ACC. Somebody's got to win, and the odds makers believe it's Louisville- minus 15 and a half. Straight up, Bernie, who do you like?
5: I'm going for the big upset. This is my big upset for the week. I'm going with
0: BC at home wow. over Louisville. Oh, I like it. And that's exactly what I said, too. But uh, you, you like, uh, like uh, Jerkovich, right? Yes, I do. All right. What about, what about you, Adrian?
1: I'm going with the Cardinals uh, in this one. Give me Louisville.
0: That makes two of us. I'll take the cards, too. Mario, you get to wrap us up here.
3: Well, Adam Young likes Boston College, but I'm definitely going to go with the Louisville Cardinal uh, for this
0: game. All right, there it is. So we've got uh, three Louisville picks. Mm-hmm. Bernie goes with the upset in BC. That takes us to game number three. Oregon State visiting number twelve Utah. Oregon State three and one. Utah three and one. Utah's win in the Pac 12. Oregon State is 0 1 in the Pac 12. Utah minus 10 at home. Adrian, you lead us off this time.
1: Oregon State played USC really well last week, but uh, I still take the number 12 team in the country. I'll take the Utes.
5: All right, Bernie. Oregon State is playing some pretty good football this year. They are. But Utah at home, I'm going with the, I'm going with the Utes.
3: Mario. Yeah, definitely Utah. After that Florida loss, I don't, I don't know if they're going to lose again until they play USC. So I'm going with Utah.
0: We are unanimous picking Utah in this one. That takes us to what could be the game of the week in the ACC. Number 22 Wake Forest versus number 23 Florida State. Wake three and one, zero and one in the ACC. FSU four and zero, perfect in the ACC. Florida State minus seven from Tallahassee. All right, game of the week material. What about uh, getting us going on this one, Mario?
3: Well, ooh, this was my this was pro. And eh, now there are a lot of toughies. I'm going to go with Wake Forest. You know, see if they can do Appy State lost a really tough game to North Carolina. They bounce back on the road and beat Texas A and M. Uh, If Wake Forest loses a tough one at home to to Clemson, I think they can bounce back and beat Florida State in Tallahassee.
0: All right. Uh, I I like these two teams because they're both playing so well. I've picked against Florida State, and it's uh, hurt me in the past. I'm not going to do it again. I think it's going to be a very tight game, like you mentioned, and I could see Wake winning, but I'll stay and go with the Seminoles here. Uh, What about you, Bernie?
5: I am going with the Florida State Seminoles.
0: All right. Seminoles for Bernie and Adrian.
5: You know, Wake Forest last week played Clemson so
1: well, but they were so cl- close and they ended up losing. Uh, Wake Forest, a little uh, hangover from last week's game against Clemson, giving Florida State in this game.
0: Next up, Virginia Tech visiting North Carolina. This one will be at Chapel Hill. Probably some rain from the after effects of Hurricane Ian when it makes its way into the Carolinas. One thirty on the ACC network, UNC minus 9. They're 3-1 and one on the season. Virginia Tech is 2-2. Two and two. I'll start it off this time. I will take the Tar Heels. I like May. He's done a nice job at quarterback. They run a nice offense. I think North Carolina will win their fourth game of the season. Bernie,
5: so do I. I thought North. I had North. The only game I missed last week. I had North Carolina beat Notre Dame, mm. uh, and and they and Notre Dame kind of took it to them. But I think they're going to bounce back. I am going with the Tar Heels. All
3: right, um,
5: Adrian. Yeah, I'm also going Tar Heels on this one, Mario.
3: Phil Longo is the uh, offensive coordinator at North Carolina. He was also one of my offensive coordinators at Southern Illinois, and I think uh, North Carolina is going to win this game.
0: The seven degrees of Mario Mocha. That is the theme of this week's uh, picks uh, as we keep things moving. All right, back to the Pac-12 for a minute. Cal visits Washington State. Uh, Cal, 3 1, 1 0 in the Pac 12. Washington State 3 1, 0 and 1 in the Pac 12, coming off that tough loss in the closing moments to Oregon. Uh this game is again tight. Wazoo, minus minus four in Pullman. Bernie, start us off. I am going
5: with I am going Washington State. I think they'll bounce back from that tough loss. I I like them. Uh I like their coach. I like their offense. I am going with Washington State.
0: Mario. Same
3: thing. I'm going to go
0: with Washington State as well. All right, I will also take Wazoo at home against Cal, which leaves only Adrian to go.
3: I'm
1: going Cal on this
0: one. I'm going hey, the other way. Look yes, at this. give me Cal. Adrian's trying to throw the you know, throw a couple wrench in in the plans yes. to get back in this getting get back in this race here. I, I like I need to that. climb
1: back. I need to climb back.
0: All right, we got a great ACC matchup next, featuring two top ten teams: North Carolina State visiting Clemson. Clemson four and 0 NC State four and Going to be played at Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. The Tigers, six and a half point favorites. As we get going, get us started, Adrian.
1: You know what? I, this one I had a lot of tough I had a lot of trouble uh, picking. Number five, Clemson has quarterback DJ Uya Ungalile, but I'm still going with number ten, NC State in the upset.
0: Ah, NC State. Mario.
3: Wow, that would be ending the longest home-winning streak in the nation, right? Like a 39? I just can't go against Clemson at home. I just can't do it.
0: I'm with you. I'm the same way. I got to go Clemson too, Bernie.
5: All good things must come to an end. And Clemson wow. has been
0: sneaking by a lot. And I think NC
5: State's got a lot. They, I think they'll be... A, really up for this game oh yeah and i am going
0: with nc state all right bernie and adrian go nc state mario and i both go with clemson and that leads us to our final three games first virginia and duke virginia two and two duke three and one uh duke three point favorites at home at wallace wade stadium in durham north carolina bernie who do you like i'm going with
5: the blue devils i like them at home uh I think they're better than the record is, and I'm I'm going with Duke.
0: All right, Adrian. Going Duke as well. Uh, That'll make uh, three of us going Duke. Uh, Mario, are we unanimous?
3: Yeah, we are. Uh, Duke, you know, even though they lost to Kansas last week, they were on the road in a sold-out environment, made it really close. I'm going with – the academic school on this one. No, that's both of them. That's right. Okay, I'm going with Duke. All
0: right. Here we go. Final two games are going to be both in the Pac-12. Let's start first with uh, Arizona and Colorado. Colorado is winless 0 and 4. Arizona 2 and 2. They're hosting it at Tucson Stadium. 730 on the Pac 12 Network Saturday night. Arizona State, 17 and a half point favorites. Why do I feel like we're all gonna be unanimous here, gentlemen? Adrian.
1: That's right, because uh Colorado has the longest losing streak in the country. It won't come to an end now. It's Arizona who's gonna take this one.
0: Mario. Bear
3: down.
5: The Arizona Wildcats. Bernie! All good things must
0: come to an end. Oh. But Whoa, not, Bernie! But not this week. <laughs> but okay. not
5: this week. I'm going. I'm going with the Wildcats. <laughs> uh, Bernie
0: tried to trick you. I'm going Arizona too. So we'll all stay uh, with the chalk in this one, which takes us to our final game of the week. Number thirteen, Oregon, off that incredible uh, final uh, comeback win in the, in the closing moments uh, on the road, hosting Stanford. Uh, as far as this goes, Stanford's one and two, winless in the Pac twelve. Oregon's three and one, one and zero oh in the Pac twelve. Oregon, seventeen point favorites uh, from uh, Autzen Stadium in Eugene. Mario, wrap us up on this game.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ducks, uh, Stanford. That's going to be too much of a too much of a hill to climb for them.
5: Bernie. I agree. Uh, I love everything about Stanford, and uh, but uh, I love everything about
0: Oregon's football team, so I'm going. I'm picking the Ducks. All right, Adrian.
5: Yeah, no question
1: for me on this one. Ducks all the way.
0: We're unanimous. We all take uh, Oregon over Stanford. All right, tiebreaker total number of points scored in the Wake Forest Florida State game. I believe the over under is 64. Bernie what's your total? You know without even knowing what the what the over under was I picked I said 64. 64 very nice right on the total Adrian. I'm
1: going 70.
0: I'm going 67 which takes us to Mario. Gee whiz,
3: I didn't even know this was a part of the deal. Uh, Okay, I'll go with 68 then since I'm I'm a lemming. I'll just follow you guys.
0: All right, 68 uh, for Mario. Very nice. That, uh, by the way, wraps up week five of our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. Mario, you've got a big event coming up here in about 15 minutes, don't you?
3: Yep, I'm going to hustle down to La Posta so we can officially introduce Pete's Most Wanted Salsa to the group. I've got to be honest with you. You know, I was in El Paso yesterday. I went on a couple of TV stations, saw you for lunch, stopped by to see Bernie. And while Bernie, I believe, will say it's a quality product, it was nowhere near as hot for him. Bernie actually wants kerosene <laughs> with the salsa. Okay, He, he wants does. jet fuel in there.
0: He does. He told me. He said he wants to. He wants to be burning. Like he wants his tongue to be in pain. That's part of the fun for Bernie when he yeah. eats uh, salsa. Tasty, tasty pain though. Tasty pain.
5: I, I, I will say that salsa was very delicious. It just yes. didn't have the. Do you
0: like, like, ghost peppers and stuff like that? Are you into that kind of stuff?
5: I love everything that's hot.
0: All right. There you go. Hey, I love that salsa. I think that is some of the most uh, tasty salsa around. And the fact is, it doesn't always have to be super hot to be delicious. I have it. It's a a very, very, very good item. I hope we see it in El Paso soon. And uh, congratulations on uh, your latest unveiling.
3: Well, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. And I can't wait for Saturday night to see, uh, you know, who's done what in this contest.
0: Um, Me neither. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. And I think you're going to be joining us uh, on the show either today or tomorrow. I mean, either tomorrow or Friday to talk about uh, the next game coming up with uh, FIU this weekend.
3: For sure. Now, how many did Jim Center get? I just want to know. That should be my benchmark. Oh, God.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, how many did Jim get? Jim got three. Three out of ten. Okay,
3: all right. Well, I might have some gimmies here, but how about this? My goal is to beat Jim. Okay, I need to get
5: more than three. Okay.
0: okay, well, I hope to God we we agreed on too many picks. So if you don't break Jim Center, then I'm going to have a terrible week, Mario. That's for sure. <laughs> Usually,
5: right. the easiest the, the ones that we
0: think are the easiest weeks are the ones that we do the worst at. So that's we'll, true. We'll see. That is very true. All right, All right enjoy the uh, salsa unveiling, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you here later in the week.
3: All right, thanks, guys.
0: Mario Mocha, thank you, our celebrity picker, for our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger a Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. We'll come back with trivia and more. Bernie Olivas, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch, as we go to Charlie One and get this traffic update 19 past the hour. As we continue here on the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch with Mr. Bernie Olivas, it's time for trivia. Time to give away a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game on December 30th. Adrian, you have the answer already? Yes, sir. Yeah, I do. Way. I love that. All right, Bernie. First person through only on the phones, by the way. We've had people play this on Twitter. Uh, if you tweet the show with the correct answer before somebody calls in on the phones, unfortunately, you do not win. However, 505-6009, that is our telephone number. First person through to 505 with the answer is your winner.
5: And we've had some pretty sharp uh, listeners the last couple of weeks. Boy, they are quick with the answers. So let's see if we can stump them a little bit this week. And here for two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl played on December 30th this year. Not the 31st, the 30th at noon. You know we are now less than 100 days from the 89th annual Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So for two tickets, name the last running back to rush for 100 yards in the Tony the Tiger football game. Must give the name of the running back the school played and the year the running back played in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. The last player to rush for 100 yards in the game. I need the player's name, school,
0: and the year. I like it. Three-part question. All right. it's a good one. That is a good one. Um, First person through. You know what I thought you were going to do? I thought you were going to ask for the first player to run for 100 yards in a uh, Sun Bowl game. You know, we might have to look that one up. That would be a. I know that would not be as. <laughs> no, that would little, not be as easy. Little challenging, yeah. but I like it. All right, again, That zero zero nine. That is our telephone number as we continue here on uh, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch with you, folks, and uh, looking right now at the the standings after uh, our pick'em uh, contest in the first segment with uh, Mario Mocha. Uh, let's look first at the ACC, Bernie, because right now, as it stands, we still have. Four undefeated teams, all in the Atlantic Division. Um, you know, we mentioned North Carolina State because they play Clemson, so one of them will lose unless it, uh, it's not going to end in a tie, so it'll end in a loss for one of them. Syracuse, surprisingly, is still undefeated at 4-0, and um, along with Florida State. And uh, you look at the 3-1 and one teams, Wake Forest, Duke, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, We've got a, It's been a very good start uh, out there in the ACC. Absolutely it has. It's, it's
5: great, which means that you know, we're going to get a pretty good football team, whoever, whoever it is, whomever it is who comes here. We're going to have a pretty good football, uh, a football team from the ACC uh, you know, coming to play on, on December 30th. Uh, only one huge, huge upset last week in the ACC, and we know who we're talking about, yep. Middle Tennessee. Beating up on Miami, forty-five to thirty-one. What a shocker! That was a shocker, and that was at in at Miami. I know uh, that was the only really huge upset uh, of the weekend, as far as we were concerned. Uh, you know, as as uh, ACC teams or the Pac-12 teams, but uh, huge upset. But the rest of the sc- the rest of the conference is doing well. They did very well in non-conference play and. Now they're they're strapping it on, and now everything really counts.
0: I should mention also that uh, Notre Dame uh, off this week, but they will be playing BYU at home next week. They did beat North Carolina 45-32. But looking at their schedule, besides BYU, they still have to play at Syracuse, home against Clemson, and at USC before it's all said and done, there's still a chance that, you know, when, North Carolina, when uh, Notre Dame wraps it up, they've got five losses and could very well be in the pool uh, to be coming over here. You're absolutely
5: right. Uh, again, uh, I think with five losses, they would probably jump into the, our pool with uh, uh, the Duke's Mayo, Duke's Mayo Bowl in, in Charlotte and the Pinstripe Bowl up in New York and along with us. And if Notre Dame does get into the pool, then it is a draw to see who gets Notre Dame. Since everybody wants Notre Dame... Oh, that's wild. So so that way nobody
0: gets favoritism. It is simply the luck of the draw. If they wind up in the pool, in our pool, that's what will happen. By the way, how do you draw with three bowls? Uh, Explain that one to me because um do you just um have everybody each get a card and then Notre Dame gets a card and the closest to you win how does it work
5: uh no it's a lot simple they put uh they put the three bowls names in a hat ah okay and they p- pick one out and, and whoever pick gets one the- out and, which, and then normally it was the last time we did this uh, the the a c c attorney yep you know to try to keep it fair uh he do- he drew the bowl's name who was getting Notre dame and unfortunately we lost to. uh to the Music City Bowl at the time in Nashville, but uh, we had we 've had a one ch- another chance at Notre Dame before, and of course we got them here in two thousand and ten and sold out the game yep rather quickly uh, so it 's only it 's a, lo- a one yeah.
0: it 's a one in three chance this year to get Notre dame that 's correct if wow. they fall
5: if they fall into the pool okay okay unfortunately you still but see with five wins i don 't think any of the five bowls, losses I mean. the five losses i don 't think anybody above us would would would, would i 'm sure there 'll be some more uh some uh, teams with better records that will be taken, and of course there is there are some rules that you can't take a team with less than two with, with less than two more wins than the, than. And
0: the than way one. the ACC is going right now, this could be a pretty stacked year for the league. It looks like it. So uh, again, if if Notre
5: Dame loses those games are going to be tough you know they could still be but clemson southern cal oh yeah syracuse BYU. Absolutely.
0: it's not easy it's no, not this it's, is no yeah. this is no cakewalk yeah. for the uh fighting irish this year you
5: know and they, they finally looked good the other day but uh they, they've been struggling uh they, you know they've been struggling so again love them or hate them everybody wants to see them so uh it's true again uh you know we'll we'll see what happens at the end of the year i love it
0: all right bottom of the hour let's go to adrian for sports center do we have a winner yet we have not
1: even had a guess.
0: Are you serious? That's correct. Hang on one second. Let me make sure we're on the air. We are on the air. Okay, okay I had goodness. to double-check that right now. Uh, 505-6009, first person through. Again, let's do that question one more time, Bernie. Name the last running back to rush for 100 yards
5: in the Tony the Tiger-Sumble football game. I must give the name of the of the player, the school he played for, and... The year that, the year the game was
0: played. I'm sorry. Three part question: player, school, year. All right. Last player to run for 100 yards in the sumble. That's what we need. Uh, bottom of the hour. Here he is, Adrian Broadus, and this Sports Center update. Still no guesses yet. We'll find out if we give away trivia this week or not. Did uh, we finally trip somebody up? Maybe so. Maybe so, Bernie, that's for sure. All right, so uh, let's look at the uh, Pac-12 for a moment and see how they stand right now. And we mentioned the ACC and undefeated teams. We currently have three teams that are still undefeated in the Pac-12. Two of them are ranked, USC and Washington. UCLA is not ranked, but trust me, if they win this week, they will be ranked. Um, Oregon and Utah are also ranked, and they have uh, one loss to go along with Cal, Oregon State, Oregon State, Washington state. So so far, uh, both the ACC and Pac-12 very top heavy to start the year uh, four weeks into the season.
5: Right. And you know the Pac-12 this year is not it's not going to uh, go by divisions. The top two top two teams in the, in the conference will play for the champions for the Pac-12 championship game. You like that by the way? I think so. Uh, you know, you know a few years ago we got Georgia Tech uh, kind of by default because uh, they won the uh, they won their their division with a six and five record I believe. Uh while the other division had some pretty good teams that uh you know that were left out because Clemson <laughs> because Clemson was way ahead of everybody. So this will get the top two teams in the conference to play for the championship game, which I think is the way it should be.
0: I agree. And uh more than anything else, since there are no divisions, uh we could see USC UCLA potentially. That's the kind of setup that could happen when it's all said and done. Absolutely.
5: Absolutely that would be fun again
0: to you know rematch. Yep. It would be fun, so uh, we'll, we will have to wait and see uh, how things are going to shake out in this conference. And there's more rumors right now about realignment. Bernie, I think that's probably going to be a constant, isn't it? We're going to keep hearing about realignment rumors until the Big Ten decides what they want to do.
5: I agree. I agree with you. Uh, all we know is that we have four games left for the pack twin on with the pack twelve on in our uh, on our contract. Uh we'll see if it lasts that long. But right now we're we're pretty safe. Uh we're the same with the A C C and we'll see I think it looks like the ACC is is uh, pretty pat the way they're gonna the, you know the way they're gonna st- the way they're gonna stay. But uh, you know, the Big Twelve is out there. It looks like you hear rumors about the Big Twelve and of course the you know, the Big Ten. So we'll see and Notre Dame whether they're gonna stay independent or whether they're gonna go to the Big Ten. There's a lot of rumors flying all over the place. So uh we'll just sit pat and uh we're we are talking to people, uh just in case things happen and I think uh I think the Sun Bowl will, will be around for another 89 years.
0: I'm not worried. It's hard to believe we're almost on number 90. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's something else. Is the goal for you to still be executive director when you hit the 100th anniversary of the game? I, if, I, if I'm still upright, there absolutely. I love it. All Oh, right, uh, we're getting more people ringing in. We did get a winner. So I do want to let those getting uh, trying to call in with guests we just got a winner. Congratulations, Fred Flores. Fred Flores got in and... Um, you know, I thought this question was going to be answered correctly in about the first thirty seconds because it seems so obvious. But Bernie, it was last year's game in which we were looking for for our trivia winner. You know,
5: we, 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 it's been so easy the last few weeks to say let's let's throw a little curveball at him. But yes, the last player to rush for a hundred yards in the twentieth Tiger Sumble was Lou Nichols the third, and he played for Central Michigan. Just last year, yep sweet Lou sweet Lou, so I think maybe a lot of our listeners were looking for you know looking for in past games and, and skipped right by last last year 's game, but yes, Lou Nichols, the third for Central Michigan, in their victory over Washington State was the last player to rush for a hundred yards. Congratulations,
0: Fred, and uh, there 's two tickets to the Tony of the Cy symbol on December thirtieth Ah, very nice, I love that, so again, uh, good stuff as we wind down another. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch, and also want to congratulate Ernesto Aguilar. He was our Week Four winner of the Chick Fil A uh, Sun Bowl Selectum contest. He was able to get all ten right. And by the way, congratulations to Bo Bagley, who also went ten out of ten this yes, week. Yes, he
5: did. I saw that. He went ten for ten. And like I said, we're getting close, but we're not. Got to get to that top. I know. Got to get to that
0: top. Um, but again, that's uh, really uh, what what it's all about, folks. So. Um, also, I, I want to let our uh, listeners know that um, the new posters are out for this football game, and they are spectacular, Bernie. I saw the release, I think, when it came in either earlier today when I saw them for the first time, and those are beautiful looking uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl posters.
5: Jay Pritchard, our, our marketing director, did a fabulous job on our poster this year, and you're welcome to come by the office and pick one up. They are free. Come on up, and it gives you a, a really quick history of the type of players that we get in the Tony Tiger Sumble. And it talks about how many first-round draft picks, how many draft picks we've had all together. It's a really cool poster. Come on by the office, pick one up as you buy your tickets. You know, come by, buy your tickets, pick up a poster. Posters cost nothing. So if you just want to go out and buy, pick up poster, we'll let you have one. But uh, obviously we prefer you come by, buy some tickets, and take a poster. Definitely. definitely. And don't forget, until supplies run out, If you come and buy at least two tickets, $25 tickets, you will get a T-shirt from the game that was never played, a Washington State-Miami T-shirt, but you got to come to the office
0: while supplies last. That is phenomenal. I love that. So
1: cool, Bernie. I love this.
0: That is awesome. You're giving away the, I mean, think about this. The shirt of the game that never was, that is a collector's item, Bernie.
5: Absolutely, and like I said, you come by at least buy at least two twenty-five-dollar tickets, and you get a, you'll get a share from the game that never was.
0: Punt passing, kick less than two weeks away, Tuesday, October eleventh, out at the Sun Bowl. You can still sign up at any Peter Piper Pizza location in El Paso.
5: Absolutely, and get you an opportunity to be in the Thanksgiving Day parade and be
0: and be recognized at the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl football game as well. Oh, that's terrific. You got so many good things going on. I absolutely love it. Uh great to see you back here. Thanks for the time and uh look forward to doing it again with you right here next week. Can't wait can't wait to see if I get those at ten for ten. Um very possible. That's what you want. That's that's all you want, right? Ten for ten. That's it. It's you do that, uh that's what it's all about. I picked a couple of really tough
5: upsets this week. We'll see how that works out.
0: Well, you're in first place by a couple of games. You can afford to take chances, right? You can do that. <laughs> that's the way you that's the way you win them. All right, good stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bernie. Bernie Olivas, folks, executive director uh, of the Sun Bowl Association and our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. 39 past, less than an hour to go on our Wednesday edition. Hags will join us uh, for one last story time coming up a little more than 30 minutes from now here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 47 past the hour as we continue. Some classic Jethro Tull for your listening enjoyment. Ian Anderson, speaking of Ians, Hurricane Ian, well, now we got Ian Anderson, the mastermind, the man who put the flute into Jethro Tull as we keep things moving, rapidly moving, 48 past the hour. Our phone number is 505-6009. Let's go to Augustine and find out what he's up to right now on this uh, Wednesday evening. Augustine, what's going on, man? What's shaking?
6: Hey, Steve. Well, Steve, right now, it's just up to like winning lawsuits and and and, and, and getting some uh, some hard-earned money back. But uh, that that that's a that's something for another for 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 us to discuss over over some dinner and some 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 tequila.
0: Oh, wow. Look at you. Look at you. Congratulations on uh, winning a lawsuit. You know, I get so many interesting calls from listeners. Like yesterday, one of my uh, listeners called up and talked about how he started smacking UTEP players before the game on their shoulder pads to try to fire them up before they took the field, which I didn't even know you, you were able to do it. And, and. And only you could try to top that phone call by calling in and saying you're in a good mood because you're winning lawsuits. Well, first off, I didn't even know you were getting sued but or you were suing other people. But congratulations on winning that, Augustine. Well, I'm, I'm just
6: happy, Steve. I'm just happy. Good.
0: I'm happy, too. Happy for you and always happy when you call into the program. That is good news. And I'll look forward to uh, some dinner and tequila with you. What's going on, man?
6: Now, Steve I, I I just I just have one thing and it's and it's something that's been on my mind for a while, and, and it's something to do with college sports and recruiting and, and all this and that and I just noticed that every day every day and and like every month every year all of a sudden recruiting kids get younger and younger and younger and all of a sudden kids that are 12 13 and and stuff like that are um, – getting recruited by, by colleges and all that. Um, so I want to ask everybody and ask you, should there be an age limit to when, 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 when recruiters can approach parents or, 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 kids about, about them attending, attending, you know, a college or something like that? Because it's, it's, it's really troublesome that, that, that this is done in a way that, Not ethically or
0: morally right. Well, now that you have NIL, it's uh, changed the game because it's allowing uh, athletes to be compensated now legally, which you realize. And thanks to social media, plenty of uh, youngsters try to make a name for themselves long before they ever get to high school. So there's um, there's a kid on the internet, his name is Baby Gronk, I think he's like 11 or 12 years old now, and he is taking recruiting visits, putting it on his Twitter handle, and ultimately uh, trying to land himself a football scholarship before he reaches middle school. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's just so. So I know what you're saying about recruiting, but you see it both ways. You see all the time that youngsters put, you know, the, the uh, you know, the highlight reels start uh, showing up, and you know, you're talking about some of these kids before they even hit puberty are uh, are being recruited. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, is it ethically
6: and morally morally right to do that? I mean, because.
0: Well, what would you like to see? Because I've seen I've seen kids when they're like I don't know thirteen getting offered uh, college scholarships. And in, in your mind, is that just completely wrong?
6: Repeat that thing you broke up there at the
0: end. Thirteen. I've seen. Uh, we've seen before college football teams offer scholarships to seventh graders. That's happened.
6: Yeah, and and that is that ethically or morally right. I mean, that I don't think it is. But, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a blessing if, if somebody's in that position. But at the same time, how much pressure do you want to put on a pre-team? How much pressure do you want to put on these kids to actually perform? That's something that, in the long run, they might, they might be great, you know, junior high level high school level. But the next level is really different. So I understand uh, that. I just, wanted to, throw that,
2: just
0: yeah. wanted
6: to throw that out there and see, see where everybody stands on that because it's kind of it's hard to just... Bathroom and anything like that, and it's and it's hard to put all that pressure on these preteens, on these, on these kids that are basically just that kids.
0: What do you uh, What do you believe? What should be the age that that you should start to really uh, be recruited?
6: Uh, I I think age wise, I'm not sure, but maybe when they're juniors and
2: seniors.
0: So you're telling me that if somebody's a sophomore, they shouldn't uh, like like uh, sophomores can play uh, high school football or high school basketball, and if you tear it up as a sophomore, you shouldn't be able to be recruited.
6: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think that just puts way too much pressure on the situation on on all kinds of things. So that's just my take. That's just something that I find really not disturbing or anything like that. Just you know. It's all, it's high school life can be difficult for a lot of these kids and, yeah. and, and adding that to, to the mix will break some
0: of them and, and if one way I hear you appreciate it Augustine thanks for the call Adrian where do you fall on this because I've seen I've seen kids get recruited from you know, like they're just 12, 13 years old. Heck, we knew about Bryce Harper when he was like 12 or 13 and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a 13 year old and you know, according to Augustine, that's exploiting him but everybody knew he was going to be a big star at that point and look what happened. He turned into one of the big stars of the sport.
1: Yeah, usually people get it right in the sporting world when they bank on a younger athlete. Like Zion Williamson was famous at 6th grade because he could dunk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had Victor Wembenyama, who's going to be the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft. He was a sensation out in France as like an 11, 12 year old. So you get all these younger phenoms and you just kind of cling on to them. I, I don't really, you're not, you put a lot of pressure on these kids. You hope that they have a good circle around them. It's the product of AAU culture. It's the yep. product of where college basketball is. And you can even look at somebody in, in at UTEP's team right now, Mario McKinney Jr. Everybody knew the, his name before he stepped foot on any kind of campus because of all the highlight dunks that he used to put out uh, on senior video mixtapes or high school video mixtapes I should say that uh, circulate through YouTube it's just a, a lot of young kids love to watch all these younger kids rise up and they they become popular like you said before they even step foot on college campuses
0: it's an interesting topic to talk about as we wrap up hour number two and get ready for our third and final hour Christy Scales coming up next Dallas Cowboys update top of the hour here on 600 ESPN El Paso Start of our final hour here on Sports Talk as we continue. Story time with Hags coming up in about 15 minutes from now. We've got a call to get to as well, which we'll do in a moment following Augustine's phone call. But first, it is time for our physical athletics fitness tip of the day. Adrian's been busy working out, transforming that body for his wedding coming up in a couple months. What do you have for us today? What tip?
1: Yeah, exactly, Stephen. Thanks so much for that. Thanks uh, to Physical Athletics. This one, coming up as a little bit more of a factoid today, one hour of a workout with Physical Athletics is just 4% of your entire day. Just think about that. That's a great use of your day to take an hour out of your day and to work out and be active. With Physical Athletics, you get three big things. Number one, you get access to a trainer and you get analytics to help you progress and manage uh, through your workout. You also get recovery programs to help get right before a game or just feeling great after a hard workout. And number three, you get access to a free screening from a physical therapist if you have any pains or issues that you've been experiencing. Physical Athletics is now accepting new clients. They've got athletes, eight years old all the way up to the professional level and they've got classes for beginners and intermediate levels. Never too late to start your fitness journey. Started with Physical Athletics. They've got two locations on the far east side of El Paso at Joe Battle and Eastlake. You can get a free one-week trial and see what they're all about call or text 915-996-4476 to get started with physical athletics
0: adrian thank you let's go back to the phones adrian is joining us next no relation as uh, we continue 505-6009 adrian what's going on man how are you how you doing cap doing all right how about yourself good 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 thank you uh
7: i just want to make a a little quick comment about what this uh, I guess Agustin had said. Yes. Prior to this, I I actually don't think the way he thinks. I think it's the opposite. Where I think it's less pressure on the, on a kid going up and and securing a scholarship at a university than uh, him trying to you know uh, being pressured to better himself. They should do that by themselves because if they have the talent, they have the talent. Uh, But like uh, my brother told me, I have a kid. He's probably three years old right now. Well, he is three years old. Uh, He told me, uh, put your kids in all the sports that you can. Because if they love a sport, continue with it because it's an investment, an investment for his future to if he makes it to whatever professional sport that he he likes uh it's an investment and it's a good investment academics should be first uh, overall a perfect example was uh uh, my brother bringing up my uh nephew all he was about was soccer 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 until uh high school you know uh came up and became a kicker for el dorado high school okay uh then he started liking that. Uh, he didn't get many uh, scholarship offers, and he ended up at UT, uh, uh, UT Austin, and and graduating there with uh, with a degree and whatnot. But uh, when you have kids that are not sure of what they want in the future, that's where the the the, the pressure comes in because I think the pressure is basically. The parents. I think parents are the ones that pressure their kids to do, or you know what? A lot of parents live vicariously through their kids.
0: 100% I agree with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
7: And uh, if
0: you have a kid that knows what he
7: wants and he can promote himself and influence colleges to, to offer him a scholarship, go ahead and, 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 and accept it. I don't think it's no, it's no pressure because these kids know what they want.
0: They do. And no. uh, and and the truth is, is that look, um, a lot of us play sports just because we enjoy sports. I played sports all the way up through, uh, uh, you know, into high school, and then wreck uh, in college. I didn't play college ball, but you want to know something? I played I played pickup basketball all the way, you know, into my forties. I played. I'm still playing baseball from time to time right now, which I played all the way up as a kid, and and I still enjoy it. Like for me. You know, even, even though it didn't get me a scholarship, so to speak, hey, make a lot of friends that way, keep in shape, and it's fun. I genuinely enjoy going out and playing ball. So, I mean, the part of exactly. the fun, too, is that even if you don't get a scholarship and go all the way, hey, you still have enough of a foundation that if you really enjoy it, you can keep playing all the way through your adult life.
7: Exactly, exactly. So them trying to promote themselves, like I said, uh And if uh, someone offers a a sixth grader uh, a scholarship, you know what? If if God uh, permits that he doesn't get injured, then he's set in the college level, right? That's
0: true. That's one hundred percent correct. Yes.
7: And that's all I wanted to say, and and that's all I wanted to comment about that because this guy you, I don't like. No, it doesn't make sense. Too much pressure. No, like no. These kids, they they know what they want, and if they and support them one hundred percent. Awesome. What they want to do,
0: Adrian. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate that. Thanks for getting in today. Five zero five six zero zero nine. I do want to preface the point for uh, Augustine. He did play professional basketball in Mexico. So, I don't know when he was recruited as a youngster, uh, if that was, you know, in his teens or, or when. But, you know, Augustine has told us that over the years, he has played pro basketball in Mexico. I think that I think that point uh, should never be understated, uh, Adrian, when we're talking about one Augustine.
1: Yeah, they probably had, uh, you know, tryouts or something, and then he showed up,
0: and, and they said, hey, yeah, we need some extra bodies, you can join. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, and by the way, I have... Um you know, there's some things about Augustine I love. Uh number 1, the phantom bottle of tequila that was offered up over 10 years ago, that was at the time a $1000 bottle of tequila that was um Uh, confiscated at the uh, bridge and held um, for like seven or eight years, which I understand since he has gotten back, but he has not been able to get it across the bridge. That was one of my favorite stories. But the second of Augustine has always been his professional basketball career because there are no photos. There are no stats. There is no documentation that, this has ever happened. Yet he has told us over the years that on numerous occasions that he did uh, and was a very successful, uh, you know, basketball player, play pro ball.
1: We can't even get like a teammate's name. We can't even get like uh, a second eyewitness. We can't even get like uh, you know any kind of record sheet, program, media guide, or anything like that. Unfortunately, for uh, this kind of evidence, but you, know what, but you
0: know, but you know, we could do one day we could tell Joe, meaning Golding that we want to just have the Foster Stevens for an hour or two invite Augustine there with us don't tell anybody make it a very secret and closed uh session shoot some hoops for uh an hour or two and then we can actually gauge how ridiculous the claim of pro ball in Mexico really was from Augustine wouldn't you like to like really you know one day do one of those kind of you know, closed sessions like you know you heard about during the last dance when when Jordan was retired and then looking to come back and had that very secret uh, practice and workout. Would like to do the same thing with Augustine just to get an idea and, and see what you know really what he's talking about.
1: Yes, but can I make a, a quick uh, change or, or a, a suggestion to this? Could we make this open and allow media members to actually go out there and cover it? Well, can we get at least our own social team to come out and video uh, to videograph? This?
0: I think it'd be more fun if it was just us, nobody else, nobody knew and we knew everything about him from that particular. We don't have to, we, we don't yeah. have to we don't have to video it. There's there you'd be it'd be us. So we would know and we would be the first ones to go on there and say, "You know what? That guy can really ball." We were totally shocked and nobody expected it or we could say that is a, a total disaster, and there is and, and there was absolutely no way on earth this ever happened.
1: Yeah, I, okay, I'm with you on this, and then if uh, Augustine agrees and things go south, or if things go well, maybe I can get a, a clip of him uh, and his jump shot or something like that. Like, oh,
0: I mean, I'm just going to flat out and say this. I have not played competitive pickup ball probably now in eight or nine years and, and I'd love to get out there and, and break a sweat because I'm not worried at all about my game. I'm pretty confident about my game, uh, even though I haven't played in forever and I'm rusty. But I, I just, you know... Some things I'm not really too concerned about. My yeah. body hasn't changed that much physically. I might be a little bit out of shape, but I'll get back into it quickly enough and I'll be fine. Augustine, I, I just I'm 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 so curious. You have no idea.
1: If you one on one, Augustine, in a game, uh up to eleven, I'm taking my money on you, and I think I the, the line on that is like uh minus seven for Steve.
0: I mean, I don't know what the total will be, but all I'm saying is I'm I'm really interested in that. I, I really am, and you are too, aren't you?
1: Oh, I'm I'm very interested on this uh, as somebody who likes to play pickup basketball. Mm. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in.
0: All right, twelve past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Then Maybe I could
1: you. tell everybody I could beat a pro basketball player.
0: That's right. That was, and that's something you've always wanted to talk about. I understand that absolutely right. Uh, folks, uh, when it comes to who we recommend for buying or selling a house, his name is Brian Burns, and he, he's with the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. And it's not just us recommending Brian. It's people like you and, and me and, and everybody else. In fact, Robert, uh, who uh, used Brian and highly recommended him, had this to say, I can't see why people selling their home would use any other company. They did a great job selling the house and sold it for more than the asking price. Robert even noted that many owners of a company would always be available for, uh, or not many owners of a company would be available for questions or reinsurance, but Brian always was, said he highly recommends Brian Birds. and you can understand why. To achieve top dollar, you need that agent who can create an auction-like effect, buyers competing for your home and driving up the price, which is exactly what Brian does. In fact, he's the official real estate agent of the UTEP Miners, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos. And you can give Brian and his team a call today. The number is 751-1500, online at brianbirds.com, or Google Brian, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing.
2: Hey, El Paso, have you heard? To sell your home.